Welcome to Social Capital Expert, a show where we discover the value of social capital and how cultivating strategic relationships is critical to our success. In each episode, your host, Sarah Francis McDaniel, will explore the stories of fascinating people from all over the world to better understand how their ability to build relationships has led to their success. We will uncover tips, tricks, and practical ways that you too can become a social capital expert. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have my new friend, Sala Palos here. Sala, thank you for taking some time to tell us about yourself. And um, we just look forward to hearing about your story. Thank you so much, Sarah. Uh, pleasure to e-meet everyone who is listening to your video log. It's uh, fascinating to be speaking with you today and share my background and my uh, career ambitions and vision for where I want to be taking the AECO industry. So we have only just met and we got to chat for a few minutes prior to hitting the record button. Uh, we were introduced, which is just a testament in itself to how social capital works. But I, I am really excited to just take this journey with you. I wanted to do a little background and understand a little more about who you are before you came on. And I opened up your LinkedIn and we'll have your information in the show notes and please check it out so you can connect with Sala as well. But I was reading and I just was like, oh my gosh, there's so much here. So you are a powerhouse and um, I'd love to just learn a little bit more about you. So would you mind taking us maybe just back to where you got started, where you're from, and give us a little bit of background. Oh, thank you, Sarah. So um, people can probably already hear that I have a little bit of an accent. So I'm originally from Finland and I moved to United States five years ago. Um, and I got my green card from the diversity visa program. So I had the total freedom of choosing where I wanted to move here. And before I moved to United States, um, I did my master's degree in architecture in Finland in the Tampere University of Technology. That got me into the track of developing the future of the AECO industry. Those who don't know what AECO is, it stands for architecture, engineering, construction, and owner operations. Wow. And I was just fascinated to become an architect and I always dreamt about having a designer career. But when I was uh, studying my master's in architecture, I discovered that the traditional design track was not for me. So I started to expand my scope of studies and, and career um, early on. And I started incorporating structural engineering, construction management, uh, business, um, industrial engineering management, uh, physics, chemistry, anything that I could get my hands on just to kind of uh, build a career scope that was not the traditional track. And uh, it was in mid-2000s that I was hired to our new virtual construction laboratory in my university that was focusing on building information models and developing the processes and the tools. And it was something that had only been a kind of academic theory for the industry to, to go forward with. And we started developing the more tangible applications of it. And I got my hands on into a developing BIM uh, process, the information management process, and really thinking about the interoperability of different tools. And I was completely hooked. And that's how I got into the career track that 
I've, I've chosen. And at some point it, it felt like I may, may have done a biggest mistake of my life because it, it was not the fastest track to get into because it was, we were pioneering a lot of things. And, um, and uh, for a few years, I, I tried out architectural design and engineering, structural engineering, just to see what I was missing out on, what I was uh, kind of removing from my career track, but gaining the understanding of what the pain points are in that side of the industry. And when I moved to the uh, United States, um, I was the project manager for a European Union funded smart city project. Um, and I was leading that for my hometown. And when I moved to United States, I joined general contracting for a few years to get understanding of what the business looks like from that point of view. And then uh, I joined Microsoft about a year and a half ago, and now I work for their real estate and security organization, Center of Innovation. And there I'm a director of the transformation services, so driving forward a new business model called digital building lifecycle. And that enables me to tie in how the architects and engineers develop our physical environment, but as they are creating that, how do they take to account how the physical environment fits with the social environment uh, and how they are bridged together with the digital environment. And that way we can continue to accumulate the data that they are creating about our physical environment all the way through the digital construction to the owner operations where we can start leveraging technology like digital twins. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so <laughs> awesome. Okay. So, whoa, I don't even know where to start. Okay. So this is all things that I'm not, um, I'm learning more about and it's amazing to see that there's actual jobs where you get to do and be part of this figuring out, there were a few words you used that uh, you said, shoot, am I going to be able to think of it? It was um, almost like trying to figure out what's wrong, like how you keep it from working properly, like disruption sort of, but what was the word you used? And um, just, okay, so tell us more. So you came from Finland. So even just coming from, from that, that must have been a transition. How did you decide to make that journey? Um, so I, I was lucky that I was able to choose where I want to move in the United States and originally I was daydreaming about moving to Manhattan and having the breakfast at Tiffany's lifestyle in, in the downtown core uh, and I did a lot of research of different cities there, overall population, socioeconomics, uh, the career perspectives, etc. And then um, it was a couple of my friends that I connected with on LinkedIn that suggested that looking to Denver or Seattle, that's where the, the construction boom in the United States is. And I had never visited Seattle. I, it, Seattle is so safe that it never basically broke the international news barrier. Uh, I saw a few uh, movies and a couple of TV shows about Seattle and I, I figured that that's the furthest corner. Uh, if I <laughs> fail, I can just move to another state and, and, and eventually you can come and dig me up from underneath a rock in Texas or something. Um, and it was quite interesting. I, I had two suitcases and my two Bengal cats when I moved to uh, Seattle and, and started from scratch. And it's, it's been quite an interesting journey to rebuild my life here and, and get my career going and, and getting to uh, know new people, build the connections, build the friendships. Uh, and uh, it's truly amazing journey. 
Oh my gosh. And I think we saw your two bangles creep up the stairs behind you. That was awesome. Uh, so, okay. So tell us more. We, um, starting over, you know, it's, it's interesting how big things that happen in the world and in our lives individually and in communities create opportunities for self-reflection and then where we sort of stand up and find our resilience. You obviously are resilient and um, as you made this sort of reinvention of yourself, where, how did you see that play out? Um, it, it's been um, kind of a in interesting to discover in how to rebuild a life when rebuilding it in a completely new environment, new country, uh, without having the social networks of where you, what you left behind. Uh, and for me, it was uh, creating kind of a, um, a process or a schedule of what things need to be done in what sequence to arrive at the, the destination. So it was kind of like, um, the end in mind approach um, yeah. and that way uh, it was a combination of putting in hard work and keeping it balanced with a lot of exercise and, and nature walks and, and creating the, the social networks, building new friendship and finding the people that I want to spend time with overall. Um, and it's, it's kind of all come together in a very beautiful way. Um, and so far I'm, I can't say anything bad about the trans transition and the transformation that has happened in the past five years. So can you tell us more about what you've done? Like what were the steps that you took or what were things that you did that have led to a place where after coming sort of through this, um, you know, it's almost like a butterfly out of a cocoon type situation. Mm -hmm. And what did you do that has kind of led you here? Were there a few things that you made sure happened or ways that you put effort in intentionally that were part of um, your plan? Yeah, so um, first of all, it was uh, finding the right places to work in and really showing that I had the knowledge background to take things forward and being brave about vocalizing that what, what is the the industry level transformation that we need to be driving forward with and that way kind of continue building up my career uh, and trying to be fearless but at the same time very polite and supportive of others and taking the open innovation approach that that is not about what I can gain but what I can give and for uh, private life uh, it was a kind of a balance of networking for a, professional purposes, but also for building those friendships. So when people uh, finished up their work days, my basically second work day started by attending a lot of meetups, going for social gatherings, uh, joining um, organizations that were related to my profession and joining uh, commercial real estate women crew Seattle. Um, and that way it was about finding the, the fun people to work with and the fun people to network with uh, and that way kind of support other people's careers forward as I was building my own. And the word has kind of gone around and, and it's been really fun to see that the, the message that I'm bringing with my 20 years of experience in, in research and development and innovation in the AEC or industry, that it's resonating with the industry thought leaders here. 
and it's taking taking on globally as well. So it's it's really fun to see that people in Europe and in Asia region are also connecting with what I'm doing here in the United States. Yeah, I would love to know more about what is the A AECO. Can you tell us a little bit more about because you're passionate about it. Um, so, you know, I want to know more about what it is and why you're passionate. What makes you passionate about it? Yeah, so the AECO is the Architecture, Engineering, Construction and Owner Operations. And that's what the, our built environment is delivered with and developed with. It's the people who are designing and engineering or building or operating and facilitating everything that we can have our hands on or what we can see. And for that, um, since the industry itself is probably one of the oldest ones that have existed and, and the first cities were built in the 1300s, etc. Uh, but it, it's very tra traditional industry um, and it has a lot um, going on with digital transformation as we are moving from document and drawings-based management of our built environment towards information and data-based management. And with that, I developed a, a new business model for the industry to kind of open up more perspectives and, and widen the horizons for them and that's where the digital building life cycle comes to play, that it's, it's uh, an approach for kind of making sure that whatever data or information intelligence people need as decision makers, regardless of what discipline they are representing or what their role is, are they the creators or are they the builders, or are they the end users, we can capture that data and democratize it so that people have access to it for making their confident decisions. And that way, when we are making decisions about what we are delivering, we are also considering what comes after us. And that way, we are constantly thinking about what kind of environment we are building, what kind of environment we are leaving behind. And that way, it starts to make more sense. And it takes that short-term approach, uh, but is also reflecting the tens and hundreds of years ahead. Uh, as we are thinking about how the, the smart city environments and, and smart nations are developing forever. That's amazing. Uh, it's, so, it's so just mind expanding uh, to hear different things that are being, that are happening right around us uh, that you definitely, I mean, in the construction industry, it's, clear that there's a time of transformation. There's a tipping point that's been happening and we've been, you know, where is that? And uh, to see that there, there are these things that are starting to come together that is taking information and helping distribute it in a way that can be helpful for progress. Mm -hmm. um, thank you for sharing. That's, that's incredible. And there were some things you said earlier as well that I just, I was making quick notes because there were just words, brave, fearless, um, supportive, give, and then networking. And that those were really the words that came out of how you explained how you went from starting over to feeling very fulfilled and successful in your journey uh, in the last five years. Can you tell us a little bit more about if, you know, with the way that, that the world is and experiencing, having experienced the pandemic and, and the way things are, there, 
will be opportunity for people to feel like they may be starting over. Mm-hmm. And it might be relationships that they just can't maintain without having that human connection or the feelings that they feel inside themselves by not having some of that connection and the world just looking different. I think so many of these words are so relevant, even in situations that we might be encountering today. Um, Would you share a little bit more just about, you know, brave, fearless, supportive, giving, and sort of the network that comes inside of all of those things? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, So like I mentioned that um, it's more about giving than taking. And that's the approach that I've taken because if we try to develop only ourselves or only our own organizations, we might end up too far ahead. And then we have to back down or come back because others didn't necessarily follow up or they just don't see the connection anymore. So as we are now kind of... uh, at the rare opportunity of rediscovering what we want to be or what we want to be doing, it's good to kind of like build the network of people that are interconnected. And as we are continuing to develop our own skill sets or developing our own ambitions and dreams, that how do we kind of bring others along with us and support what they are doing? And and that's the open innovation approach. And that way we can kind of uh, support uh, our own organization's profitable growth and development of new products or services. But at the same time, we are building those connections that are needed for doing that. that. And and if we can support others grow their business, it's starting to create this butterfly effect of growth, economic growth. Um, And that's what I think is pretty much needed uh, as the, the, the entire globe is now restarting and trying to figure out what to do next. Um, but fortunately, um, the digital tools and technology that has been under development and has been developed for the past 20 years uh, and, and even longer than that, think about the AECO industry, um, the tools already exist. It's just a matter of now reconfiguring the processes and kind of uh, reevaluating our own roles and expanding the roles. Uh, and that way we are much stronger coming back after the epidemic uh, is giving up. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. You mentioned, you know, that reinvention of sorts. It's like those tools and things exist and maybe we weren't even utilizing them to their fullest potential because we weren't in a position where we had to. And now that that opportunity has presented itself, um, we can respond to it and potentially see it life as we knew it never again, right? Like we can yeah. take a lot of these positive things that really existed and reinvent them. Uh, you know, do you find that in this time you're re- having to reinvent anything in your current position or life? Uh, well, um, my role is part of the center of innovation in our real estate and security organization. So overall, my work there is constant reinvention and innovation every day. And then I was invited to be the new global lead for our uh, construction community. Uh, and that way I can support our product development teams and engineering teams, sales teams and marketing teams, and anyone who is working with the construction industry, um, help help them into the new track and find the connection points that what are the critical transformation pieces that everyone needs to be taking and how we can kind of support the restart 
uh, of the industry. Um, I see this as a, as a really great opportunity for resetting, restarting, and letting go of all the old that has been only weighing the industry down and rediscovering how we might be going forward with the ambition that, that everyone has. Oh, that's such a cool job to have. I mean, to be a part of that. And I, I personally believe that no matter where we are, whatever our position is or our job or our life looks like, we have the opportunity to be full of innovation and full of a, a desire to see where we can make a difference or where we can move in a, in a direction that makes more sense. Uh, so cool. So can you, you know, you've said several things that I think are really um, exciting and I and I want to hear a little more about what is the smart city you know I am sort of fascinated I don't know a ton about how it all works but in Denver there's been talk about a Panasonic smart city and we have seen and heard about the one in Japan but can you tell us just your experience with them and what what that looks like from yeah. your perspective yeah so I for me, the smart city is a, it's a combination of the smart citizens, it's the smart infrastructure, it is the smart buildings, uh, smart governance, and, and overall the smart energy production, etc. So overall it's like a, the cohort of smart people, smart business, and smart technology. And that way the entire city, is, is, it becomes this machine that keeps of improving itself because uh, the decisions that are made about how that uh, environment is changing uh, it's based on the data that is uh, created by the designers and engineers but that we also have the evidence to back it up because um, we are monitoring how the the city overall is performing so then then we can kind of uh, look at the total performance of the the environment and then drive the changes and the the design and engineering processes forward um, and that way we are not necessarily repeating the past mistakes but we are learning as we are going. Wow yeah it's an interesting concept and a very or not even concept I mean it's actually happening and there's so much more to be seen we actually were hoping to be able to do an event with the the potential smart city people here and haven't quite gotten it together, but hopefully it will be in the works uh, as they become more, you know, I think it's a process of really understanding how that that's going to function. And when you do roll it out, you want to make sure you have your story and your brand and everything that you're planning to do there. So we look forward to, to seeing how it, um, how it unfolds here locally in Denver. So Seattle, um, you've got, how, how is, everything going there. I mean, as you look at your social network and you look at how you're reinventing yourself, um, you're in one of the major cities that have been impacted by all of this. And what has that sort of done as far as your current reality? Um, so I had to escape, escape Seattle when the COVID started spreading more because I, I live with uh, two kitty cats in a condo in downtown area. So what I started seeing was that the, the stores were becoming empty from basic supplies, etc. So I made the decision to uh, leave the city behind uh, and work remotely. And that's something that we've been doing for about a month now. And wow. fortunately, uh, the technology platforms that we have developed at Microsoft, they really support the remote work and 
and remote social networks and keeping in contact with, with people and keeping that support network going. So uh, I'd say that uh, it has not had any impact on my productivity or way of lifestyle. Um, I've been very fortunate that none of my family members or friends have been sick. Uh, so that has kind of uh, kept my, my uh, anxiety levels down and, and kept me going. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. And I, I, I can definitely understand why you would want to run to the, the wilderness a bit. I, I would like to do that myself. Maybe I, maybe I should sneak off yeah. and head out to the wilderness. It's a nice little break and reprieve. But, uh, you know, you mentioned something else that I would love to hear a little more about is open innovation approach. Mm -hmm. what, what is that? So open innovation is the approach where you kind of leverage the, the partner network or vendor network or, or anyone who is somehow connected to your business to expand your horizons of R&D or innovation that you're driving forward in your own organization and support them develop what they are focusing on. And that way, instead of creating this uh, leader follower path, which is very narrow in some cases, you can just kind of widen the path and continue forward side by side. And that way you're not overlapping your R&D with someone else and leading to the same conclusions and solutions, but you can kind of share the tasks and that way arrive at the destination much faster and make new discoveries much faster. So that's the open innovation approach. So it's not cross-pollinating uh, company secrets or anything like that if anyone is worried about that it's more about kind of sharing the workload and instead of spending a decade at uh, developing something maybe you only have to spend a year and, wow. and that way kind of overshare or share resources across uh, the network wow so i love that and i feel like even you know i didn't know that there was a a term or an approach, a formality to that, but I will, I will be looking into that even more because I think that is truly the beauty of what social capital is, is, is the, it's, I just believe that the, the greatest gifts we have in life are found in our ability to connect with these other people around us mm -hmm. and learning and sharing and understanding who they are and what makes them tick and how they've overcome situations and how they handle other situations. And you know, and then being able to internalize some of those and, and take the pieces of it that help me become who I believe I can be or want to be. And, and it's just such a, such a beautiful piece of it all. Um, and I love to see that in corporations, there's an openness in that conversation and in that realm. And Microsoft obviously uh, is ahead of a lot of corporations in the sense of being open to this idea of not having that leader follower uh, sort of, you know, platform or, or theology, whatever it might be. I don't know what the word would be. Uh, that's very well defined because it's, it's all about building those partnerships and that way strengthening your partners and your clients and your network because uh, they will then support you grow as well. So um, for me, uh, open innovation, it's it's fairly emerging way of innovating, but so far it's been proven to be quite fruitful for what I've been trying forward. So um, I guess it's up to anyone else to, to give it a try and see what kind of flavor it brings to your career. 
Yeah. Uh, so, you know, can you just share more about as you look at the world and you see the interconnectedness of people, both in a personal way in your own life and in your own teams, uh, also in a professional way with how the, the relationships and the data and all of the information is collected and processed, can you share what you believe are maybe those key pieces that we see over and over in being important in creating those bonds that have results in ways maybe we totally never anticipate? Yeah, um, I'd say that um, overall uh, change management is the shared problem for everyone that, that we as human beings, we are reluctant to change. So how might we actually uh, be more open-minded about the transformations and the change that we not necessarily have control over, but we, we are impacted by it and see the, the silver lining or the opportunity in, in everything. And if, if someone has an idea that instead of saying no to something, be more curious about things and kind of uh, taste the flavor. Is it, is it as bad as you fear as it would be and, and kind of like, um, find ways to support the others. If someone has an idea, they, there is something behind it, why they want to be driving it forward. And it's better to be a part of the, the support network than, the, than those who are trying to anchor someone down. So uh, I think that that's the overall approach that I've been taking. Um, and so far it's, it's led to uh, more discoveries than I anticipated and it has led to a uh, faster acceleration and delivery of end results than I ever dreamt about. And it's been quite, quite a journey. It's amazing. And you get to, I imagine, just watch people grow into greater versions of themselves while they're completing the task that you want and need them to complete. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's well said. And it's like we, we never know what we are capable of until we give it a, give it a try. Uh, and there have been several points in, in my career that I've been tasked to do something that no one else has done before. And, and people tend to warn uh, others that, oh, don't worry. It, it's something that no one, no one has done before. So if you feel like quitting, uh, it's okay. Nobody's going to be mad. Uh, I don't quit. I, <laughs> I try to uh, <laughs> arrive at the solution if I know that it's there. It's a matter of just finding the right questions if you already know the right answer. Uh, and that way, just kind of uh, find a solution. The solution always exists. It's just a matter of finding it and, and testing things out and being fast about it and smart about it. And that way, if, uh, if, if something is doable, then everything is difficult until you do it for the first time. That's basically my motto that, uh, never give up always like there is always a solution somehow you just have to MacGyver it oh my gosh I was totally gonna ask you if you had like a mantra or a motto and uh and so what would you say your your mantra or your motto would be it would be everything is impossible until you do it for the first time and awesome. then af after that everything is easy then you uh, know what, how to do it so it's uh you you never give up yeah that's huge and you know it's so it's just inspiring to hear your story and for you to share your um your thoughts and and kind of where you see the how you see the world but 
you know, are there, I like to find out what my um, guests are reading or listening to. And if there's any recommendations that you would share with us about things that you've um, been hearing or learning that you think is valuable. Uh, yeah, uh, I have to give kudos to my friends and family for providing me tips on what they are reading. And and since uh, my my time tends to be quite limited and, and reserved, uh, I focus on the things that have um, generated some kind of emotion or thought for someone who's watched a movie, seen a theater piece, read a book, read an article. Um, those are the things that I will read and go watch as well, that if there is some kind of reaction, then there has to be something worth uh, looking into. Uh, and um, yeah, that, that's my approach, that uh, I have to filter things somehow, so I'll just take the route that it doesn't have to be a top seller or something, but it has to be something that triggered a, a thought for someone else. That's awesome. Do you have anything recently that's done that that you also enjoyed? Uh, well, recently uh, I've been deep diving into all kinds of articles um, uh, published in the aec-business.com that is uh, hosted by Arnie Heiskanen. Uh, he's one of the, the innovators in the AECO industry and bring to highlight um, the latest innovation. So I, I keep tabs on his blog and his postings and, and that's what I've been reading lately. Awesome. Well, we'll have that in the show notes as well so people can check it out. Um, you know, you've kind of brought us through your journey for the last five years. Is there anything that you are working on or that has you really excited or pumped right now? Um, well, every day is a new opportunity to do something new. So it's a, I'm driving forward the digital building lifecycle and seeing what comes out of that because it's basically covering all the different disciplines in, in the industry and tying the industry to the manufacturing industry. So there's a lot for me to continue discovering <laughs> and, and supporting others with their digital transformation uh, journey. Um, and there are big changes happening in my personal life as well. So it's, it's an exciting year going ahead. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. You know, it has been so wonderful just getting to know you a little bit, hearing about um, some of your experiences at Microsoft and in your life in the last five years. Um, is there anything that as we sort of start to wrap up that you would love to share? Any final um, thoughts or things that people can take? Uh, my final thought would be probably support each other more. Um, have the curious mindset and, and say yes to more things than, than before. And, and you'll be surprised what you are going to discover. You're so right. And um, thank you so much for sharing. We would love to stay connected with you and we will have all of your contact information in the show notes so that others can contact you as well. And, um, you know, we'll be watching for how this new um, digital way of life begins to expand. Thank you so much for being here and for taking the time to share with us. Thank you so much, Sarah. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend. You as well. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Social Capital Expert. Please visit socialcapitalexpert.com for show notes, additional episodes, and to see who will be visiting us next on the show. Also, be sure to check out our upcoming Social Capital Mixers. These are events where we can connect in person to build social capital. 
Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode.